We're witnessing the start of the Kyler Gordon hype train, and we're also getting a better sense of where Jalen Johnson falls in the spectrum of NFL cornerbacks and what he needs to do to rise to the next level for his next contract. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We especially appreciate our everydayers tuning in five days a week, and we just hit six years of hosting the Locked On Bears podcast. I know some of you have been here for all six years. Some of you have just been on for a few weeks, but no matter how long you've been listening or if this is your first time listening, Really appreciate you tuning in today and hopefully every single day. On the show today, we check in on the Chicago Bears cornerbacks. We'll hear from defensive coordinator Alan Williams on how he's seeing Kyler Gordon start to take the next step, particularly instinctually, really focusing in on the slot cornerback and advancing quickly with a little bit less on his plate. Then we'll hear from Jalen Johnson about how he's looking to maybe add more interceptions to his production this season and be more than just a one-on-one lockdown shutdown type player, but also a player who can generate turnovers and be a playmaker for his team. And with that context, we'll kind of look at the contract value for cornerbacks and where Jalen Johnson might fit into that mix compared to other corners in the league. And he weighed in on that topic as well when a couple of other prominent players have gotten big deals as of late. But I want to first start with Kyler Gordon because we got really, I think, the, the quote of the weekend came from defensive coordinator Alan Williams. And he sort of was the one who shared it. It wasn't his uh, original idea, but he shared that the other players have been saying this and sort of, you know, promoting this around Kyler Gordon, that the young second-year cornerback has become Spider-Man of sorts in this Chicago Bears secondary. And for a guy who struggled last season, I think it's it's fair to call last season a little bit of a struggle, an understandable struggle, but he just certainly didn't thrive with a lot of responsibilities in this defense last year. It's very encouraging to hear things starting out already so quickly, turning around and not just turning around, but really accelerating in a very positive direction. So I'll I'll let Williams himself kind of explain where the nickname comes from. Coach, going back to Kyler Gordon, what about his skill set do you guys like that you know may serve him better on the inside and made you guys go out and, and secure a perimeter corner in the draft? Uh, securing a perimeter corner, nothing about him from, from that standpoint. Uh, but the one, if you're just talking about Kyler from uh, what his skill set is, um, gosh, man, he is, uh, you know, the guys have nicknamed him Spider-Man because he is so quick. He's so agile. Uh, he is instinctive. He's got spidey senses. So when you go, when he makes a play and you go, wow, how did he make that ding, ding, ding? The spotty senses are going off. They're saying, hey, it's not this play, it's this play. So uh, all of those things, the 
the quickness, the instincts, um, they've been showing up in a, in a big way. And um, usually that happens year, year two. I've seen guys come in and year one, they're getting their feet up underneath them. Year two, they feel more comfortable. Uh, they know how to get lined up there. They're just not playing foot. They're not just uh, going through rope memorization. Now they're starting to play football. And that's what you're seeing out there. Certainly, it's the exact encouraging type of thing you want to hear about your second-year cornerback early at the beginning of training camp. I certainly don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here and too overhyped about, you know, a breakout year two for Kyler Gordon after just a handful of training camp practices without pads. But at the same time, as much as a lack of pads can limit what a team and what a player is able to do and show in a practice— I do think cornerback instincts, you know, coverage reaction time and and comfort is something that's a little bit more, you know, uninhibited or or unaffected by whether there's pads or not. Certainly, you're not going to get a good sense of, you know, uh, Kyler Gordon's ability to come up and tackle somebody and hit somebody. Certainly without pads, you know, your one-on-one coverage isn't going to be as physical per se, but... Just in the same sense that even on seven on sevens, you know, a cornerback's ability to read the play, read the route of the receiver in front of him, read the quarterback, break on the throw, break on the ball and try and make a play on that ball. Like you can do and work on and practice and gain more comfort in all of that, whether the players are wearing pads or not. And I think for Kyler in particular, this acceleration makes sense in how they've reduced how much they're asking him to do. From last season playing on the outside in base defense and moving into the slot in nickel to now just playing essentially exclusively nickel cornerback in practice. It's worth noting, and I think Alan Williams pointed this out, you know, last year at this time, they had gone through OTAs in minicamp with Kyler Gordon just playing outside cornerback. They didn't have start having him play both and really have him do anything in the slot until the beginning of training camp last season. So now he's had the full offseason to not only just have more experience in the slot in general, but to also take even more off his plate and have him focus on one thing. So I think it's easier than for the instincts and the reaction time and for everything to be a little bit more refined then, because not only have you had more experience doing everything, but it's also fewer things plus more experience doing that fewer thing that he can really sort of then accelerate focus and take a real step ahead in just that one area. Like, like Alan Williams said, right. It's not just about, you know, memorization and remembering exactly what I'm supposed to do in what order, but being able to play fast, loose, comfortable, and confident in that. And I think it can speed up those instincts there and hopefully, you know, have him be more comfortable in year two and maybe start to lead to, you know, more playmaking and more of a consistency there from him that understandably he was put in a tough position to do in his rookie season. And, not again, trying to not overreact or build up too much hype for a potential year two breakout, but certainly improvement should be expected. And so far, checking all the boxes on that end from Kyler Gordon. We're also looking to see what Jalen Johnson is able to do in year four, a contract year, whether or not a contract extension comes before the season or not. He's still trying to take his game to the next level and earn that big salary. And one of the things we haven't seen Jalen Johnson do particularly well is generate turnovers, particularly interceptions in that regard. He has not been the ball skills cornerback, more the lock-on in coverage cornerback, but he's trying to expand his game a little bit more this season, and we'll check in with him on why he hasn't had as many interceptions and 
why he's looking to change that and how he's looking to change that this season next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. And now's the time to take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel because you'll get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. If you just bet $20, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under or other sports like the Bears week one scoring line, their season win total, MVP odds for Justin Fields, and so much more, all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on NFL or Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the NFL. This is a big season for Jalen Johnson, regardless of whether he gets the contract extension beforehand or not, but especially if he's playing for a new deal all season long. And he, he's kind of confirmed throughout this process He's not going to hold out. He's not going to sit out. Even if week one comes around, he's going to play. He's going to go out there and try and prove his best because even he acknowledged, and it's not the quote we're going to hear here, but even he acknowledged like, yeah, he, like he, he thinks he's one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL, but he's realistic enough to know, like he has never been to the pro bowl has not been named all pro. Like those are objective accolades that you either have or you don't have, regardless of what you do. It's out of his control to some extent, whether he's voted on and and receives those things. So he knows, you know, he knows that in the, in the eyes of those voters in the eyes of the league, and maybe in the eyes of the Chicago bears, he's not quite on the same page as some of the top cornerbacks that have those, you know, sort of objective measuring tools for their skills. And part of the reason for that is that he has one career interception in three seasons, 39 games, one pick. He certainly has plenty of pass breakups, has a couple of forced fumbles, and certainly has been a physical and high-quality cornerback. And interceptions are not the best way to measure cornerback play, but it tends to be what gets guys paid. And he's looking to get paid, and he knows that maybe more interceptions could be helpful there, but it's it's a balance, too, of wanting to be a shutdown guy, but also thinking about the idea of maybe taking some more risks and trying to play the ball in the air a little bit more and, and trying to grow as a player to expand his game in that way down you're you know you're uh-huh. proud of being able to shut down the number one receiver right mm-hmm. i mean uh, but they pay for picks so 100%. you know do you have to kind of guard against trying to human nature wise just trying to go for uh, the rest of your game i wouldn't even say guard against i mean sometimes you got to adjust i feel like that's the biggest thing for me too is being able to adjust and being able to add that element into my game and i feel like there's certain ways to do it i mean it's not just about going out there and playing stupid and just taking risk on things like that. But I mean, definitely if it's something where I have to make sure that I'm preparing myself to play more off man, then I mean, sure, I can lock a guy down from playing off man as as well. And if I have to do better in my zone coverages and reading concepts and things like that, then I got to do what I got to do to be able to put myself in positions. And I think that's something that I'm looking forward to doing in year four. Because I mean, at the end of the day, I can't just not change what I'm doing and expect for results to be different. So I mean, for me, it's just about finding that adjustment that I'm comfortable with and continue to be myself, but also continue to get better and expand my game. Have you examined why you haven't had the interceptions? It's just lack of opportunity, missed opportunity, the way you play? Or, I mean, have you looked at that to see what you uh, Definitely, definitely. I think I think for me it's 
I would say my style, my style of ball, I feel like being in people's faces a lot of times, you don't get to see the ball coming too often. And I think a lot of times, too, it's not like I'm just getting, I'm not getting gifts. I don't get the tip passes that other people get. I don't get the underthrown balls. I don't get, I don't get any of that. So, I mean, it's a combination of some of the things that I do and just, I mean, sometimes you're just lucky. Um, so, I mean, I haven't had that go my way too much, but I mean, for me, I'm, I, don't, I don't worry about that too much. It's certainly an opportunity for growth for Jalen Johnson to try and expand his game in that way as he talked about, right? Through the first three seasons, we've seen him be a guy who you can more or less rely on, with some exceptions, to match up one-on-one with the number one wide receiver on the other team and hang with him, right? He's not always going to shut them down and allow zero catches for zero yards, right? That's not, he's not prime Darrell Revis Island style cornerback, but like that, in that that mind that mold right where he's going to be physical he's going to press them he's going to make it like difficult for them to create separation up and down the field and in in that physicality and some of that aggressiveness you know you're trying to just disrupt the other wide receiver so much that as he was kind of describing there like you don't have as much opportunity to turn and look for the ball in the air you try to when you can but right if you're Jalen Johnson if you're any cornerback right your priority first and foremost is, well, I guess first is don't let the quarterback even throw the ball there because your receiver's covered. But if the ball is thrown your way, objective number one is do not allow a completed pass. No matter what, you cannot allow a completed pass. An interception is a bonus there. But priority number one is incomplete pass. And perhaps then the best way to get the incomplete pass is to just disrupt the wide receiver from catching it. You know, that's eyes on the receiver that's looking when the receiver is reaching for the ball, get your hands in between his hands, rake through, make sure he can't get a clean catch on it without it being pass interference. And sometimes then you're better off watching the receiver than trying to find the ball in the air and risk losing the receiver. It takes an extra level of skill and ability to be physical with the receiver all the way down the field and then know and be able to feel and have the instincts and the read and the timing of when you can turn and look back for the ball while still being physical with the receiver and not turning too early and then having losing track of the receiver and having to adjust or not turning too late and having the ball already be getting there. And, and I think that's where Jalen Johnson can go, can go from a, a very good cornerback to a great cornerback, right? Is being able to add that skill. He, he already does the, the, before the catch point stuff very, very well. But it becomes, you know, being able to tell when the receiver's eyes turn back to the ball, when the ball is actually going to be there and time that out and know when is just the right time to turn around and go up for that interception or go up to try and make that play without putting yourself then out of position to still one way or another force the incompletion, right? You you want you only want to go for the interception when you know that like, even if you drop this pass, even if you don't get it, it's still going to be, and incompletion, but you don't want to go for the interception, miss, and allow the catch. And that's kind of the double-edged sword here because I think Jalen Johnson does lose a little bit of perceived excellence or perceived value in only having one interception, even though that's not a great way to measure cornerbacks. Like, you know, when we think about interceptions for a cornerback, a really strong cornerback season we might think of is what, four interceptions? You know, anything above four and it's like, wow, he had a great year. Anything less than four, it's a pretty good year, right? Like, but like four is kind of the threshold for something that's really, really solid year for cornerbacks. That's four of their targets out of, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 targets over the course of the season. We're judging them based on those four plays. They're four big plays. Interceptions are huge and they're very valuable. They're the most valuable plays that a cornerback can make. But it's only four out of, 
60 or whatever. So quick math would tell me that's what like, gosh, I can't do it. But like one in 15 plays is what we're evaluating these guys on. Like if you can shut the down, shut the guy down, that generally speaking can be more valuable than the turnovers, but it's kind of a, a cat and mouse game there. And certainly there's more value to having the turnovers, but you have to still be able to shut the guy down too. And so like Jalen Johnson said, like you can't, you got to change a little bit to, and to get different results and to try and take that game to the next level. But you don't want to be stupid and risky about it either and end up hurting your team in order to what, you know, get your own personal stat sheet filled with the turnovers to benefit yourself financially in your next contract, perhaps. But I think for the Bears, when you think about Jalen Johnson, a big part of it, too, is staying healthy for 17 games and really locking guys down. And I don't think they care too much if he has one interception this season, if he consistently shuts guys down and is consistently available and really just dominates like you can feel when a cornerback takes a guy out of a game and you don't need to have interceptions to truly feel that and to truly measure that. But it certainly can go a long way for the perception. And if he can still be as good as he was last season and add a couple interceptions to it, that's when his contract value can add a couple of million per year average to it and uh, some decent, some decent guaranteed money on top of that. I want to take a closer look at what the contract market looks like for cornerbacks and where Jalen Johnson falls into that next on Locked on Bears. The overwhelming sort of perception, I don't know how well you could say reporting versus speculating versus rumor, but the perception of the Jalen Johnson contract negotiation has kind of been that there's a certain distance for where the Bears are and where Jalen Johnson is, and that the feeling is that it will lead to Jalen Johnson having to play this year on his rookie deal, his last year, and then the Bears will pay him based on that, that he needs to stay healthy and do some of the things we were just talking about in order for the Bears to really meet his personal level of expectations and where he thinks he should be paid, rightfully. I mean, he should try and get as much money as he can. And and the, the perception is, and, and some of the reporting has been, that... The Bears may be a little bit lower on the valuation right now, and Jalen may be a little bit higher, and that a really strong season of really putting it together and staying healthy would allow would, would put the Bears in a better position to feel more confident meeting him closer to that higher valuation. But, but I really want to get into the numbers a little bit without getting you know too deep in the numbers, but kind of get a better sense of where there's sort of this, this split in the cornerback market and where Jalen Johnson fits in that. Because so often in the league, when we, especially when you get the CBAs continuing to go up, Sometimes you get to a point like we, we are right now at a few different positions where there's not much of a middle class. You know, there, there's the top end cornerbacks or in, in a lot of other positions. QBs are in this way, too. There's the top end guys getting a lot of money. And then there's a couple of guys kind of driftless in the middle. But then everybody else is like a very clear step down. You can kind of find a gulf of like a bunch of guys at a top salary and then a bunch of guys at a lower salary and not a lot of in between a, a surprisingly wide range of a few million dollars per year where guys just aren't really in the middle because teams have kind of just found certain thresholds of what guys are worth at this stage of the process. And we love our friends over at OverTheCap.com that has all the great contract information. Of course, Brad Spielberger, friend of the show, and you know the, the, the whole crew over there really does a great job. But when you look at cornerbacks in particular, you got like five or six guys at the top that are all in that like 19 to $21 million a year range. And average per year is not the best way to measure contracts anymore, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a 
jumping off point for us to kind of get a better understanding of where this middle class kind of lies, right? You've got Jari Alexander at 21 a year. Denzel Ward and Jalen Ramsey are about 20 a year. Uh, Marlon Humphreys and Trevon Diggs and Marshawn Lattimore all got recent deals at around $19.5 million a year. Then there's a pretty big drop-off after those top six guys. Xavier Howard got $18 million a year. Tredavious White got around $17 million a year. And then J.C. Jackson's at 16 and a half. And then there's another drop-off to Carlton Davis at just under 15. But like your top six guys are all $20, $19 million, $21, $19, $20 million within a couple range. Those top six guys are all that top tier. Then you got this weird slight middle class of Howard and White and Jackson sort of. And then everybody else is like 14, 13 and a half, 13, 13, 12, 12, 12. Like big concentration in the 12 to 14 range and a big concentration in the 21 to 19 range. Not a lot of guys in between. And I think the perception here then is that Jalen Johnson, of course, would like to be in that 1920 type range. And the Bears might be closer to that 14, 13 type range. And so... There's not a lot of middle ground there in between those. And I think if Jalen Johnson could, could go out and have a Pro Bowl season, some interceptions, you know, a couple more interceptions and really 17 healthy games and really shut down, that might get the Bears closer to that $18, $19 million range. Like, not that Jalen Johnson is exactly a top six cornerback in the NFL, but that's how the cycle of contracts works. The next guy that gets high paid bumps up, but then every time another player gets a new contract that's higher, it bumps him back down to about his range. Whereas right now, after these last three seasons, you know, he might be a little bit closer to the Carlton Davis, Darius Slay, Traverius Ward, and Jamil Dean range in in the Bears' eyes and not quite up in the Jari Alexander, Jalen Ramsey range, which I think we can all agree. Like, Jalen Johnson at this point is not Jalen Ramsey, and that's okay. That's not an insult to to not call him Jalen Ramsey or Jari Alexander. Like, yes, he's not one of the top five cornerbacks in the NFL. He's a top 15 cornerback in the NFL I'm maybe not quite top 10 but again not important to power rank the cornerbacks and figure out exactly where he lays but even he acknowledged some of this during his press conference I'm not going to play the clip for you here but you know, he was asked about uh, Trevon Diggs just getting his new deal which was what uh, five years 97 million dollars so just under 20 million dollars a year and even Jalen Johnson said like listen I know I'm not Trevon Di- Trayvon Diggs like Diggs had, what, like eight interceptions last season? I'm double-checking the number. Sorry, he had three this past season, but 11 the year before. Two years back-to-back Pro Bowl player, uh, All-Pro in 2021, first-team All-Pro. Like, and Jalen Dunn said, like, I know I'm, I think I'm a great cornerback. I think I'm number one cornerback. I think I'm one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. But I know objectively I never made a Pro Bowl, and I'm not first-team All-Pro. And I know that. And, like, he's been – he's real about that. So, like, I think he knows that right now he's not that – $20 million a year cornerback. And he knows that those measurements, even though Pro Bowl is kind of a dumb popularity contest, they do still end up mattering in contract negotiations. And so I, as you start to look at these cornerbacks on the salary list that we've been talking about here, like in the middle class there of Xavier Howard, Tredavious White, J.C. Jackson, all three of those guys have made at least one Pro Bowl. All three of those guys have had you know, three, four, five, six plus interception seasons have consistently generated more turnovers and had more of the outside accolades than Jalen Johnson has. Really, Carlton Davis is the first one on this list at just under $15 million a year that's never had a Pro Bowl. 
and hasn't had the huge interception numbers. So I think that's probably closer to where the Bears are at right there, where Carlton Davis got, what was it, I think four years, $44.5 million there. No, that'd be three years, $44.5 million to hit, to hit that threshold, just under $15 million a year. And I think that's where the Bears are a little bit closer to right now. And I think Jalen wants to be closer in that 17, 18, Xavier Howard, Tredavious White type range. You know, he acknowledges he's not a $20 million guy just yet, but wants to get up there and wants to play that way. And I think both sides are at a reasonable spot there. And certainly, again, average per year, not the best way to measure this. If the Bears would go higher on the guaranteed money, perhaps Jalen Johnson would then go lower on the average per year money. And you can kind of work with the numbers that way. But it gives us one singular measurable data point here to try and sort of categorize these players based on their financial value to their respective teams based on the accolades that they've had and the production they've had in the NFL. So I think that's kind of where we're at here is like Jalen Johnson is teetering at the top of that lower tier because of the slight durability questions and the slight accolades questions. And all those guys that are really far above him have both of those at a much higher degree. So if he can really hit those this season, then he can start to get closer to those numbers. But if he wants to make a deal with the Bears before the season, he's going to have to accept something a little bit lower. And it's kind of like from Jalen's perspective, it's a level of risk tolerance there. Like for him and his agent, which he confirmed he does have an agent now. For a while there, he was going without an agent. And we wondered if that would contribute to a potential holdout. But he is now represented by some sort of, I believe, NFL Player Association certified agent in these negotiations. But if you're Jalen, I think the Bears come to him and say, listen, man, we'll be happy to pay you X number right now. 14 a year, 15 a year, whatever that number might be. Or, you know, you can try and play it out this year and prove us wrong and cash in and try and get a bigger deal next year, but risk suffering another injury. Like last year, he missed six games. You know what I mean? Like that, and if he suffers an injury or doesn't have interceptions, say he plays 13 games this season and has one pick, you know, is he going to cash in any more than he would cash in now? Maybe not. And certainly there's the risk of having a more severe injury and getting even less money and entering free agency off a really down year as a result. And the Bears are saying, hey, here's, we're willing to offer you some amount of guaranteed money in a contract right now. It's probably lower than you might want, but it's security. It's financial security. It's guaranteed money. It's locking you in for three or four or five years with the Chicago Bears, the place you want to be. You can take this deal or you can go out this season, try and have the best season of your career, try and stay healthy and prove to us that you deserve that 17, 18, $19 million deal instead of the probably the, what, 13, 14, 15-ish range that I would guess the Chicago Bears are around right now. Some, to some extent, I think the, the ball might be in Jalen Johnson's court in that regard. I don't know if the Bears are going to budge. Ryan Poles has not struck me as a guy who's going to budge a ton. He's going to set a certain threshold, and you either take that or you don't, and then we'll see how the season goes, and then we'll set another threshold, and you either take that or you don't. But I, I certainly don't envision it becoming a problem for the Bears. I think at this point, it's not going to be a holdout. It's not going to be contentious. It's not going to be a distraction. It's just business going on behind the scenes. And I think we can all appreciate a little bit more of that stability after what we went through last training camp with Tevin Jenkins being in and out and Roquan Smith being in and out and then the trades and everything else that kind of went wrong last season. Stability this season has been much appreciated. And I'm hoping for more of that throughout this entire training camp process. You can be sure we'll bring you plenty of training camp updates right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
We really appreciate our everydayers tuning in five days a week to get your daily Bears fix. Still plenty of training camp updates to go through here. They haven't gotten pads on yet, so we're not getting into too many of the nitty-gritty, like, positional battle updates because a lot of stuff will change when that happens. But we've been getting a lot of access to players and coaches. I still want to hear from Darnell Wright about his conditioning test. I want to go through some of that stuff on, on the podcast here. I want to hear from TJ Edwards talking about some of the specific areas where Fields is getting better and where he sees the similarities between Fields and Jalen Hurts. We, we want to hear from Khalil Herbert about what he's doing to be better in pass protection. He had some really interesting uh, comments there that I thought stood out quite a bit to me and much, much more. So make sure you keep tuning into the podcast. We're also going to do a sort of an evaluation of Bears media what they do well and what they don't do well with Robert Schmitz from now the Bears blog and has his own YouTube channel. That interview is going to be coming here soon. Haven't recorded it yet, but we're still getting it scheduled, but really looking forward to doing that. Going to do some more interviews through, for you throughout the preseason and into the regular season. And we also have a cool new in-demand, in uh, on-demand, in-group thing. That's the best way. I don't know how to describe it. Coming to you soon here where you can be a even like more intimate part of the podcast community and get some exclusive access to some content, some data, some background for each and every podcast coming your way here. I think we're going to launch that tomorrow. If all things go well to start with a new month, but a group you can join to be even more involved with the podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for all five days of the week. Every day, our podcast is here for you. And of course, you have to be on the lookout for your next opportunity to bear down.